Good morning. This is 42 Minutes, a production of, of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day, a show that's willing to consider the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything, for a community utilizing synchronicity as a way to make sense of a strange universe. Today is March 5th, 2013, and I am Douglas Bowles. This is episode number 74, and this morning we're going to build a tree fort. In Boise, Idaho. Hello, I'm Will Morgan, and today on 42 Minutes, we'll, we're speaking with Eric Gilbert, the festival director and talent buyer for the Treefront Music Fest, a four-day indie music extravaganza from March 21st through March 24th in downtown Boise, featuring some 250-plus bands. We're going to find out how someone would manage such a, uh, such a feat. More information about the festival can be found at treefrontmusicfest.com. Treefort, William. What's that? Treefort. Treefort, excuse me. Thank you, sir. Treefort Music Fest. Eric is also a member of the band Finn Riggins, the host of Radio Boise program Antlercraft. And he is also a member of something called the Duck Club. Welcome, Eric. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Um, I hear a lot of people around town refer to you just as Gilbert. Is this something you go by or just something they do? Um, yeah, it's something I've gone by since 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 my schoolboy days of having fellow friends named uh, Eric. So. The schoolboy yeah. days. Were they here in Idaho somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. I I grew up here. In yeah. in Boise? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, first question, Tree Fort. Where did that name come from? Uh, the name was, you know, born out of a few different uh, angles. One, we, we, we kind of knew the, the artist we were going to work with and it started to play to his strengths. And secondly, um, I grew up with a tree fort in my backyard and it sort of occurred <laughs> to me. As, you know, and I helped build it. It seemed like something that sort of fit the vibe of what we were trying to create. And is is there a wink? A slight wink to the tree people a little bit? You know, it's funny. There there was no no intention of that. There was no necessarily direct intention with the city of trees, but, you know, it just kind of fit. Um, you know, it just kind of, when it occurred, it was, you know, yeah, this could work, and it kind of subtly draws on the, his, the history of the town without hitting anyone over the head. But, yeah. So how, how, did, how did this festival come about? I mean, this this last year it was a huge, it was a huge festival, and it just kind of sprung up overnight. It felt like like two hundred and fifty plus bands. That's insane. Yeah, it's a little. It's, uh, I've been a little busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, it was it was more. So with with Finn Riggins, we've traveled the country last like six years or so, and we played a lot of similar festivals in other towns, from Denver to Portland to New York City to obviously South by Southwest and Austin and stuff and you know, I've always we've um always really liked this style of festival and especially because we've made a lot of touring friends over the years and and it it just it's kinda fun when there's that many bands in town and it's almost like uh, you know, it's like a conference slash band camp and, and um <laughs> and I've always just you know, and I've always just thought that Boise could be play a host to such an event and um so it's been me and I've you know I've talked to the people over the years about you know how it'd be cool for something like this to happen, and then there was just kind of a 
cool moment where um, Laura Shandro and I met, and um, and she was wanting to get involved more in the music scene and put on some events, and I floated the idea of doing this little this little festival, and it became quite bigger. But yeah, um, so that that was kind of the genesis of it, and and then also I think just with you know Radio Boise and a few other just developments in this town, the, the town was just was kind of ready for it more than I had seen it in the past. Well, so tell me about your 2012 Tree Fort memories. Uh, what, you know, what 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 do you remember from that, or do you remember anything? Was it just a a blur of <laughs> <laughs> keeping the train on the tracks? Yeah, it was, was kind of like that. You know, I was especially because I actually went on tour like right before it for 15 days. I helped put together a, a Boise showcase at South by Southwest, so you know I barely got back in time for it. And, um, my main memory is just being a blown away by the community support because we didn't, we couldn't really gauge how many people were going to come out and like pre-sales were pretty good, but not like, you know, a lot of people showed up a lot more than we were, um, we just weren't sure. So the community support and the overall just like energy of the town and those that were attending was just, it just kind of felt like that energy sort of just carried me and our whole team through. And then just, there were so many people, people that stepped up to help out last year and, and did, did, did so on such a high level, you know, asking very little. And, um, you know, it was just amazing that just seeing all these moving parts just work so fluidly without, you know, was, yeah. It it, was kind of a blur. The execution was flawless. I don't know if I could, I mean, it didn't seem like there were any gaffes at all. It just seemed to run like a, a, a well-oiled machine. Yeah, it was kind of strange. <laughs> I mean, and I think that's just a testament to Lori and myself and Drew, Drew Lorona, more so just recognizing um, and, and letting other people, um, you know, do what they do best, too, and, and giving them the freedom and the, the autonomy to just, you know, we didn't micromanage them so much that they didn't feel free to, to excel in their own right. And I was, I, I was similarly blown, blown away that, and there were so little fires to put out. It's just. Uh, but you very, have sponsorship very, now very this cool. time, don't you? You know, pretty. We're 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 taking a kind of strange approach to that. I think from a, you know, we don't have any major sponsors or anything. We you know we're really trying to steer away from because that was one of the big compliments we got from a lot of the artists in particular. You know, right. they just really appreciated not playing on a state, especially coming from places like South by Southwest, where that's become so prevalent. They were just thankful that it had such a community vibe to it and didn't didn't seem to just be, you know, plastered with all these uh, corporate banners and stuff. So, you know, we, we, we're trying really hard to just make it pencil on its own without having to take too, too much money along those lines. We're trying to approach it more like community community partnerships and, you know, helping feature businesses that we are excited about and they're excited about what we're doing. So, so You're part of, of this underground um you know culture through your band Finn Riggins also I mean how much support are you getting from uh uh well I'm I'm wondering how this has opened up the community I mean cuz if it was well how do I, what am I trying to say Doug <laughs> <laughs> no idea <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, how many how many of these are new acquaintance from the first festival? I mean, people like Brother yeah. Ali and Sage Francis, I'm big fans of. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, I guess I, I I see what you're what you're you're getting at. Like yeah, the the first festival was a little bit more, you know, it was it was you know it was born out of a lot of previous relationships, friends we've made over the years. Um, right. You know, but also some experiences, and, and and there were some new ones that were definitely opened up too. It was sort of like that was one of my big pitches to to, to artists and artists and agents was that I know as being in a, in a touring band and stuff that that people want Boise to be a good tour stop for them because they don't want right. to have to drive from Salt Lake to Seattle. It's just you know they would rather spend an extra day. You know, but Boise's been kind of hit and miss for them o- over the years. So I had a lot of conversations. It was like, hey, really, you know help us help you start over in the town with it, you know, reintroduce yourself to this community of, of music fans that may have just missed them over the years, you know? And so, and then, yeah, and, and that, and because that went well, a lot of the people like of Montreal was a really, really good example and why actually both where they just sort of sort of writ, written us off to a degree, just didn't think, you know, Boise was ever going to really work for them. But then word spread, you know, that they, they had such a great time and, and, and so, yeah, this this year there was a lot of people knocking on our door, basically saying, "Hey, we 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 hear what's going on. Boise is amazing. We really love to be a part of this." So that was really neat to see too. So, who are you excited to see? Oh no, I I you know it's hard because I'm kind of excited to see them all, and I just know it's not going to happen. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, so, of course. You know, being so like, intimate with it, it you know I get to kind of know them all fairly well, and um, um. I'll, I'll just kind of bounce around a lot. I mean, I'm really, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a hard, it's hard, hard question to answer. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, so. The man, there's just so many. I'm just the humming, <laughs> hummingbird of death, bonefish yeah. Sam and his orchestra, yeah. uh, slam dunk, slam dunk. I'm really excited about those kids. Yeah. Old death whisper. Jesus. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that. Um, are there yeah. tickets still available? There are tickets still available. Sales have have, have been good, um, but there are tickets still available. Our VIP passes are almost on. Um, yeah, it's getting down there a, a little bit. It's really, it's such a yeah. It, it's a really interesting festival because of the the different. There's so many different venues too, and so you know we sell this this four day pass, or you can buy a single day pass. It essentially gets you into anything as long as you can get in, and we don't really sell individual tickets to shows other than the main stage. Um, and so there's just all these different dynamics of <laughs> how to figure out capacity, I guess. So. Well, so I'm wondering about strategy this year mm-hmm. because I know my experience last year was uh, I had so much fun. I didn't sleep for the three days of the <laughs> festival. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, I did not sleep. I was It was like I was yeah. 20 again at the Crazy Horse because I ended up in the Red Room <laughs> most of the nights. And that was one of my problems was uh, I, I waited around. I wanted to go to the Neurolux and see... Um, oh. It, it, I, I can't think of the band yeah. now. It didn't matter, but I yeah. showed up too late, and then there was the line is too long. And so it seems like yeah. if you're going to... If you want to see somebody, you're going to have to go... Like a, about the time the show before is letting out to get in, or yeah. so there's gonna. Um, so have, have you? What are your uh, hints to Suggested strategy? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, one one thing we're going to do this year is we're going to have people um, outside e- each venue, and we're going to try to communicate a lot amongst ourselves to let people know where there's space, you know, so that people can make quick decisions on that, you know, not run across town to stand in a line if there's if there's somewhere that maybe doesn't have a line. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a general. I, I'm really curious too, and that's the other thing with the one thing with the VIP pass that gets you in the front of the line, and we're going to better manage that this year. That was the one thing that was kind of a hang up last year a, a little bit. Um, but otherwise, that I mean, that's just that's the best I can say. It, it just kind of depends on the show. I'm really curious to see how that plays out myself. We're really trying to be super conscious of. I mean, in our ideal world, all our venues are full and all, all our wristband holders are inside inside a venue, <laughs> you know, and are happy about it. So, um, But I could see some yeah, nights where you go into, like, a venue and you mm-hmm. camp the whole night. Like, this is yeah. where I want to be all night long. I would say that's, <laughs> that, that is definitely the best way to guarantee you're going to be there throughout, yeah. Um, that's kind of what we're trying to put, put, put out there. If you want to guarantee you see... You know, they'll still play the ultimate alternative waivers that you you might want to make sure you're there for the openers too. You know, which the, the difficult thing about that is, then you're sacrificing seeing Sharon Jones on the deck and the deck games on the main stage. Right, see. and she's never played so, in Boise, has she? It, no. So. And that's so going to be a fabulous like, show too. It, yeah, exactly. It makes for some tough decisions, right? and and so I'm I'm curious to see how 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 that that all works too. So. This is becoming because last year, of- <laughs> <laughs> well, like- last year it was really cool how well you, we were all able to bounce from venue to venue. You know, it was a really nice number of people where all the venues were full, but you you could you could kind of see a band and then run to the next venue and yeah. see another band. You didn't have to worry about that so much. So I'm hoping we did expand capacity a little bit. I'm hoping that the experience is relatively similar to that. But, uh, so, but one thing that's new this year is uh, one of the venues is the El Cora Shrine. Yeah, and it, it, what that. is the capacity of that space? That that space is, I think, technically it's five hundred, maybe six hundred. We're we're getting a final walkthrough and stuff on that. So, so that's you know that's 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 bigger than some of our inside indoor venues last year. Yeah. Um, what does so, the Neuralex hold? Neuralex is technically three hundred. So. Yeah. Yeah. That should help out. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, and, and that's where the three built shows are, um, you know, so we kind of use that as definitely a bigger space. China Blue for our electronic stuff this year, that's actually a pretty big space too. It's technically like an 800 capacity, so, um, but that depends if you're in the electronic scene. Now that's something that I was a little nervous to do last year, is to uh, yeah. truck across town to Grainy's. yeah. Well, because last year we actually really only had the reef on that end of town, and that was one reason why we expanded. Um, and because of those venues expressed interest, now you know there's four venues on that end of town, so someone could theoretically, if it fit their musical taste, they could spend like a whole e- evening bouncing around those 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 venues. Because um, that is a difficult thing, is but you know, yeah, a I, bike. I, I I recommend a bike <laughs> <laughs> or a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so tell me what what is the 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 rock band that's going to kick this whole festival off? What what is what's what's that outfit called? <laughs> uh, that's my own band, Dan Riggins. Um, uh-huh. which just sort of makes sense. 
I yeah. guess, <laughs> under the, the circumstances. And, it, and I mean, and that, it, to, to refer back to last year, too, once again, and we had, we were still just, we had no idea what the first day, well, you know, we're scrambling to get set up. We don't, we're still not totally sure how well attended this event's going to be. And I remember just being really moved at 6, 6 p.m. last year after the Neuralux sun shining through the windows and the place just like filled up and I was just got chills. And I was like, oh, this thing might actually work, you know, you know, and it was a really cool moment. Just awesome. To, Wait, I mean, that was me. off the, like right off the heels of the the South by Southwest showcase was really successful, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that did go really well. Yeah. So. And so that yeah. that was like a huge moment for Boise and Austin. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So. Where I don't did, know, I'm coming along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Finn Riggins. What, what? What? Tell me about that name. Uh, the, the name was kind of born out of one of the name our band, like a, a character, um, out of a book. And at the time we were all kind of wrapping up going to school and living up in Moscow, Idaho, and, uh, spent a lot of time driving through Riggins. And I, I think that sort of, okay. wasn't necessarily an, an homage to Riggins per se, but it just, it definitely planted itself pretty deep in our, into our consciousness. And, um, so that's essentially how that name came to be. Yeah, and you go across the bridge and change time zones there in Riggins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little um, town in that canyon. I've had I've had a couple of couple three of your albums on my iPod for the past month or so, and it's funny how Boise bands kind of sound like Boise bands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so I was I was a music guy back in the '90s, and you know, the Dirt Fisherman opened. Yeah for everyone and played every weekend and, and there's a flavor of that in Finn Riggins a little bit. Totally. Yeah. Um, but you just got off tour with Built to Spill. Um, uh-huh. How was that? They're like rock stars out in the world, aren't they? Yeah. It, you know, that was the fourth tour we've done with them and it's always, I mean, it's, they obviously draw a crowd and that's it's fun to play to a crowd and you know, we we've done all right for ourselves, but we don't draw the kind of crowds that that they they draw, and we all get 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 along real well. And it seems like their their crowd appreciates us for the, for the most part. We're, we're definitely different, but um, there's some you know there's some crossover, like you said, that's sort of hard to pin down Boise sounds. But um, yeah, it, it was it was awesome. It was all kind of smaller clubs too. There's you know, they have a new lineup, and we're just. And we even played my my friend's barn in La Grand, La Grand, Oregon, and yeah, it was a really good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one little curiosity about your band is, um, oh, it might have been a a year or two ago. I saw that one of your songs was featured in a Chicago Bulls commercial. <laughs> yeah. How does that happen? Black Rock. <laughs> yeah, is that song Black Rock? Um, well, they just kind of called us out of the blue. And the funny thing, what I gathered when I sort of asked the same question is, what, you know, because some people sort of assume because we played in Chicago a few times that, you know, oh, someone from the Bulls must have seen you. But there was actually someone just working on the campaign saw us play a farmer's market somewhere in Idaho at one point, which is really <laughs> pretty hilarious. <laughs> and um, especially because we're not a really good farmer's market band and my band always is kind of annoyed at me for booking them and so finally <laughs> I got to point out to them but see this is why we were playing farmer's markets 
the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys played bluegrass, it's really lucrative at a farmer's market. I know. And I think maybe they get confused with the Finnegan's name and assume we're going to show up and play Irish music. Or right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they're just asking us to turn down the, the whole time. <laughs> okay, but so let's... Uh, you play keyboards, you have a drummer, and then is it your wife that's the guitarist? Yep, yep. my wife Lisa Simpson. And, uh, and the drummer's yep, name is? Uh, his name is Cameron Cameron Bouyas, uh, and he grew up in Sun Valley. And, and we basically all met up in Moscow, but uh, Lisa's from out in the Northeast, and I met her out in Vermont oh. quite a while back. Huh. So you yeah. host a uh, radio Boise program. Um, uh-huh. How and where can we find that? Um, so that's Monday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon, uh, Mountain Standard Time, um, on 89.9 FM, and, and also they stream through RadioBoise.org. And, um, yeah, I'm very excited that Community Radio is, is alive in this town. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in college doing a college radio station up in, up in Moscow, a college radio show, and, and strongly in independent media, which is kind of what you guys are up to as well. Yeah. One of the things that we're up to, actually, is um, we like to talk about synchronicity as this kind of unexplored force in in reality. And as an artist, uh, I'm just curious about, like, especially as a talent buyer or songwriter or as a DJ, how much do you let intuition guide you when you're, you know, so that this is the difference between, like, the left brain and the right brain, you know. Yeah, good so, question. I I mean I, I think a lot. I mean I mean I don't know. I can't put a, a you know maybe a, a a number on it. But even with I mean I would say that the, the team that came together with the festival just I mean that's one thing was and you know it felt magical quote unquote. But I think a lot of that was synchronicity and you know a lot of intuition of just like yeah this person feels right this person feels right and you know so. Um, yeah, it, it, I guess it's a it's a fine balance, but yeah, I think with with talent buying as well, there's a lot of you know a lot, a lot of that's built on all kinds of different um, pieces. But yeah. <laughs> well, then, do you have any any sinks? You know, that's what we call it when. when you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you find a book, you meet a person, or anything that like opened up your life to the path that you're on now. Any one moment that said, you know, like, okay, here's here's the entrance to the dark forest. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. Um. I. I feel those come in. You know. I think you guys probably relate too. I. I think I've been through several of those. <laughs> those. Uh. Um. Hmm. I don't know if I can pinpoint like the initial one, but. Uh. Yeah. Because I. I remember. I don't. Yeah, it's just uh, I was an engineer. You put him on the spot. Well, <laughs> well no, it's, no, it's good. You know, I was a chemical engineering student, and um, somehow I end up where I am now. So I definitely walked through some sort of dark forest. <laughs> so um, you have a degree in chemical engineering? No, but I got fairly deep into engineering math- mathematics and stuff. And I'm in a dip. I spent a couple of years and interned at Micron, and wow. just but I was just completely in awe of music and couldn't stop following that path, you know, it just kept, it just kept calling me along. So. Well, as far as like, um, 
do-it-yourself. It's it's so hard to be in a band that doesn't make any money, but it seems like you're transitioning into that world where your passion pretty much is committed to it. I what mean, your passion's becoming your job now. Like, yeah, yeah. It's at least you know I'm at least feeding myself. Still, I wouldn't say I'm making any money, but um, the yeah, it's, you know, and, and it's basically because I also book book tours for some other bands and stuff. I've sort of uh, you know born out of booking our our tours. You know, we've played in most of the most of the country now, and yeah, sort of just build a bunch of relationships. And I was like, oh, you know, just kind of wanting to go do it. So you know, made a lot of friends, and so started putting that that sort of resource to use, and and yeah, piecing a living together. Yeah, so cool. I guess that was always part of the uh, the idea with sustainability. I, I knew I wanted to be involved in music; just needed to make it pencil at some point. <laughs> Well, then what is the Duck Club? So the Duck Club is essentially, um, we, and, and that crystallized a little better after the festival last year, but it's essentially the team that's behind Treefort. Tree and we also are, uh, you know, we've been, we also have been promoting shows at various venues throughout the uh, year as, as, as well. Um, like we're bringing Jeff Mangum from New York Hotel like two weeks after the festival and, um, and but it's, but it's also I have a duck club touring wing where I have like ten artists that I'm the booking agent for as well. Um, so it's kind of a it's basically duck club presents and duck club touring, and so you know it's, that's essentially what it is. It's a small team of us that you know wanted to just keep involved throughout the the year with this stuff. One of the little things you guys did to announce the artist for Treefort was you had, uh, and I don't know the gentleman's name, you had someone make these these fun videos. Yeah. There were four parts to it, and it had a yep. little narrative. Am I right in assuming that in part three of that video, when the monster is coming past the record exchange, <laughs> <laughs> the the four mm-hmm. members at the table in the the edge, is that the duck club there? Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Where do you find those videos? Where Where are those videos at? They're on Vimeo. If If you just search Google search Road to to Treefort, you'll you'll find there's a four video series. And those so those are done by by Zach Boss, who's the main director, and he has a a, a business essentially called Retroscope Media. Um, and he works with another local filmmaker, and so. A couple of months after the festival last year, with some, and he kind of worked with us last year as well, as and a few of the other just kind of people that were kind of working on their independent direction, be it like marketing or what, whatever. In the wake of the festival last year, we all got together and uh, got a collective office space in Hyde Hyde Park, and so um, there's like a person that screen prints posters, and he screen they're screen printing all our Duff Club posters and stuff we do, and so. Yeah, this cool like, kind of. I think there's. Right, I just said this. I don't know. Am I understanding correctly? Are you guys recording, filming, anything like that during the festival? Um, yeah, there's going to be a couple different film crews doing some capturing of stuff, and then there's definitely a lot of press coming into town too. We have our own kind of photography crew, and. Um, oh, I guess that of. is a, a direction too. I mean, is there? The first one was so successful, and it was so much yeah. fun. Is there a lot of pressure for this one to live up to the hype? 
Yeah, so that's that, that's a, that's been an interesting thing. One of the tricky things I think with this second year has been there's been so many pe- people that have ideas and want to be involved, which I think is, is really great, but it's also you know really tricky to make sure to make the right decisions and not take on more than than we can handle, and that you know that you know just not uh, overdoing it, I guess, in the second year because you'll see with this year there's definitely a lot more going to be a lot more involvement um, from other entities. Uh, and we're like we're doing a film component this year. We're showing films at the Egyptian on Friday and Sunday, and and um, we're kind of expanding in the uh, with some of the performance art and some of the other stuff. Wow. Uh, so yeah, and and then for me, it's not necessarily living up. To, well, maybe living up to the hype. Last year, that we talked about was I think like you, to keep it relevant to your show. There was such a synchronicity with it. But it was just—it was hard to really wrap even my brain around how well it was working, and just the overall, for lack of a right. better term, the the vibe of the festival was just felt so pure in a lot of ways. And everyone from out of town too was just like, "Whoa, if, what's going on here? This is, this is you know." But there were lines out. <laughs> there were lines outside yeah. of all the clubs in Boise, right? It's like you yeah. go to any. Yeah. It's like, why is this town so cool? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So people had, and the weather was nice, and there was. You know, it was just like it was. So yeah, I think living up to that sort of the, the magic of it has, you know, been a little, you know, on my mind a little bit. But there's only so much of that you can, can control. So um, <laughs> we'll see. Right now yeah. is where you're at, kind of the calm before the storm, or is the storm hitting? And that when you when getting the, excited? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, it, this is this is a, this is a little better than a couple of weeks ago when I was finishing booking all 270 bands. So, so it's 270. Yeah, is that the, the count? I think that, <laughs> yeah, it's. it's uh, I, we definitely put out some of the 250 plus. But, well, it's funny because I was wrapping that up. We we were actually on tour with Bill Spill and half our shows. I was in the green room on my com- computer working, and that's <laughs> just pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, now that we kind of got that and got them all up on the website and stuff, there's a little bit of a calm before the storm, but really taking the opportunity to to uh, make sure all the operational pieces are working. So definitely, like I said, that we're taking out. There's more, there's a couple more venues and um, some more some more logistics. Just wanna, just yeah, hoping we can replicate how smoothly it ran last year. So. Well, that was a, a really nice birthday present for me last year, actually. Oh, cool. Was that your birthday? Weekend, well, it was, it was, no, it was right before. Oh. I'm oh, at the cool. beginning of April. So, yeah, it's like, oh, this is nice. Douglas yeah. got the cut loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. But, I mean, so it did. I mean, literally felt like, because I ended up in the Red Room, it seemed like, the mm-hmm. whole time. I would bounce back and forth between the Neurolux and the Red Room and then the, uh, oh, what is that coffee shop called? Across. Uh, the, the crux? The crux, that's what, yeah. yeah. I, and so I was, like, bouncing around mostly on that end of town. But, you know, in the in the early 90s, it was like the Crazy Horse was, you know, the place to go. Yeah. And so it was, like, so nostalgic for me. It was it was really yeah. fun. Awesome. Uh, you something? Do you guys know about the, uh, the, the exhibit in the Sesla shop? The, the Boise 150 shop that they're doing. I don't. Um, Tell it, it us actually, about it. It uh it opens on Thursday, so the so Boise's celebrating 150 years this whole year, and each month they're doing a an exhibit of some sort in this shop that's just two doors down from the Crux. Oh no, yeah, two doors down from Radio Boise, essentially, but right there. And so they chose March to be Music Month, and so there's going to be an exhibit, and I think there's definitely some old Crazy Horse posters and stuff. So there's 
and photos. I'm hoping that for the whole month of March and during the festival, there's going to be all about the history of Boise music, essentially. Um, so that's one thing. That's one thing that I'm pretty present to with the festival is this wasn't built out of nowhere. I mean, I, I feel like Boise, to a, you know, it's kind of it's ebbed and flowed, but there's a long, a long history here of relevant music. You know, especially I think that time in the '90s is is, is a really good good reference for for that. How old How old were you in the in the '90s? Were you about like ten or so? <laughs> no, I, I was a little older. I was uh, I was probably early high school. I mean, basically, I, I graduated high school in '96, so I was in high school. But I, was, I grew up in West Boise, was you know, in all frankness, pretty pretty out of touch with the downtown scene. Uh, you know, I came down. I remember seeing Bill still play out on the street across from Record Exchange, and you know, saw some stuff. Came down a lot of five or less, but. I, I, I didn't get into the crazy horse scene until it was like J, JD and friends or, or whatever. Yeah. So I sort of missed out a little bit when paying close attention. Was Do you remember who Built Spill was playing with? Was that like, I seem to yeah. remember a show yeah. like Citizen Utilities out there in the street in front of the record exchange yeah, or something. It might have been that. Uh, uh, you know, I was young enough where it's just kind of, I just remember, it, it seemed like it was set up on the curb. And all yes, it was curb. this strange, yeah. like it a was, block it, party or something. Yeah, it was kind of like a, and it wasn't like super well attended from what I can recall. It was like, you know, it was it was pretty decent, but I just recall, you know, and I was just then getting, you know, starting to understand what Bill Stowe was doing, but you know, I hadn't really wrapped my brain around the like, music. Of, yeah. yeah. I, I, when when I was living in Seattle and then saw Built to Spill there, that's when I got it. You know, it's like when they fill yeah. <laughs> when they fill the showbox when it hit me. <laughs> three nights in a row. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, these guys are rock stars. You got people oh, okay. screaming and stuff, and then you have uh, Calvin Johnson do a like cameo so they can play a couple Halo Bender songs. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. these guys yeah, are really nice. important. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's what's kind of interesting about the rise of youth movement out of here. And that's another way I think that the that, that time right now is kind of par- paralleling, you know, kind of the, the momentum that happened in the 90s and then kind of, you know, ebbed. Um, so this time we're hoping to just kind of keep the momentum going a little bit. But um, that's been a whole new, I mean, youth movement. I actually just dropped them off at the airport this morning. Like there you go. The that's that's so, the next little piece, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I'm waiting for, like, Wes Anderson to put his music in a, in one of his movies, and then that guy will explode even even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that new record's pretty pretty good. It deepened their sound. I don't know if you've heard it yet. But, it's interesting. Uh, so, uh, Eric, is we're, we're talking about Youth Lagoon. It's the, the Boise act that's just kind of really popping right now. And um, his... Oh, I think... It, his new album Wondrous it's Bug House comes out today. Yeah. But it's been streaming on NPR for a week, I think. So yeah. If, yeah. And it has a really kind of ethereal sound that's like I heard someone call it a headphone record, I think. Yeah, I see that too. Yeah, it's a lot more psychedelic than the last and he's got a full band now and um yeah. There's a lot more similarities now with Bill Spill. I mean, not it's not derivative of that at all, but now it's like now they make a little bit more sense next to each other. Where before, there's you know his other stuff was a lot more just straight ahead kind of bedroom pop, as they said, you know. But, 
Yeah, bedroom pop. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But similarly, he's like, they're flying out, and they're, they're playing a sold-out Bowery Ballroom show in New York, New York City, which I think is like a five or 600-cap room, if not more. You know, that they're headlining, you know, and it's like... <laughs> he's playing. playing Coachella, too, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And both of Phil and him and them are playing uh, Sasquatch. And Have you been to a Sasquatch festival? <laughs> I haven't in, in a, several years, no. Yeah, it seems um, like it keeps getting stronger and stronger. But def- definitely. It's hard with kids to do that one. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's like, I think... You know, that's, yeah, that's I think kind of our vision with Treeford is not replacing festivals like that by any means, but not everyone can travel to those things, you know, so bringing something to everyone's front doorstep. Last year, you had kids free at the main stage, which was really cool. Is that yeah. still going to be the case, or is that at some yeah. point going to become, like, financially unfeasible to do? Um, I, I mean, I guess until we get ran over by kids, no, I, I mean, I think we have a pretty strong belief in... Fact, so, 12 and under are free, again, as long as they're accompanied by an adult. We don't want to be, you know, drop, drop your kids up at... <laughs> so, um, Gilbert's pool, then, right over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then this year, we, we crafted an under-21 pass, too, since not all of our venues, our other venues are... are um, several of them are 21-plus, so we, we have a, a cheaper under-21 pass, and once again, working a lot with Boise Rock School. I mean, I just think, as far as the future of the scene, I, in, engaging the youth is just really important. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't envision us starting to charge for kids anytime soon. Well, that works for me. Yeah. Because I think there's yeah, exactly. going to be a couple a couple evenings when it would be fun to take the kids down to the main stage and watch. Uh, I mean, it seems like, when I was just briefly looking over the... The festival guide, it seems like there are going to be times where the main stage is the place to be for, you know, for chunks of time. Yeah, exactly. So, that's such a, yeah. And, and and we're definitely conscious of, of that, of just the, the kid side, the parents and kids side of things, you know, or whatever, with how we program the, the, the main stage for the most part. Although, you know, there's definitely some weird stuff up there. <laughs> we mixed it up. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> but. Maybe talk a little bit about like uh, one of the things that I was really proud of last year too was um, how you featured local vendors. So uh, uh, yeah. franchise establishments make all kinds of sense at a festival. You know, they put their name on everything. But you know, specifically, I saw like a bricolage booth. I saw Archie's place. You know, all all the food trucks yeah. were there, and so it really felt yeah. like a community-based festival. And it would just, yeah. you know. It, gave you this warm feeling in your heart it's like oh we're we're awesome yeah, yeah totally yeah we've uh the only thing we've done this year is expand on that um because i i mean i just that's how a i operate as you know regularly that's, that's the kind of places when we're on tour we try to seek out in other towns you know because that's what reflects the, the, the actual community so this year we're actually closing down grove street right next to the main stage and so that the ale fort is going to be right there which is this whole section is free and open to the public, and the Ale Fort is. We kind of partnered with this new uh, Idaho Craft Brewers Guild this year with it, and they're helping mm-hmm. curate. I think there's like 40 different locally crafted beers. Nice. Um, you know, because the whole beer scene in, in Idaho has just been blowing up as well. Um, 
And then we actually partner with Bricolage, and they are actually helping curate a whole what, what is, I guess, being dubbed Bricofort, where they've actually worked with other makers in town as would be a tent full of a bunch of other local crafters. And I think there actually there's a couple people from the Northwest too that are coming and, you know, essentially selling their, their wares, the featuring what they have. And, um, and then the whole food truck rally, which is such a cool development in this town as well. So all the, the food trucks are going to be down there, I think quite a bit more too. And, um, and all, all, all that, as opposed to last year where all the food trucks were kind of on the, you know, fenced in, we're, we're keeping all those out on the streets. So people that just want to come down and, you know, experience, get a little bit of experience of the festival can come and do do that. So. Yeah, and I recommend totally. whatever Archie's serving, Archie's place. I had a yeah. a cheese yeah. sandwich at Hyde Park Street Fair that I'm still telling people about. Uh, <laughs> you, they have their, like, <laughs> u- unicorn meat. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. it might be something... That's no, that's that's what they they have a vegetarian or a vegan option. That's the they call it unicorn meat sloppy joe. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, we're we're coming to the end of this forty two minutes. Um, right. Is there anything you want to part with, Eric? You know, let people that we forgot to mention. All that you know, I, I mean, no, not necessarily. Other than you know, it, it's it's. Just I hope people realize that the people behind the festival are we're all we're all very very much local, very very much passionate about the community and the music, you know. And we uh, we say that a lot in a lot of stuff we do, but that's just that's true. Where we're coming from with it, and like I said, we, we're trying to partner with other locals, be they them filmmakers or or food makers or whatever that are also just you know regularly active in the community. And, Excited to see things develop in this town and in positive ways. So, cool. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. You've been listening to 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, or to check out past shows, or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com slash 42 minutes. Thank you. And if you want more information about Eric, be sure and check out uh, treefortmusicfest.com or finriggins.com. Thanks, and have a wonderful Tuesday. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys.